guys. Happy New Year. Welcome back to the Whole Lot of Red podcast. Um, I am Nifemi here, and I'm also here with my dad and my brother. You guys could be Happy New Year, Reds. Yes, sir. Happy New Year, guys. Um, today is January 20th, and yesterday Liverpool played a really big match. We played against Man United. And the final score was 2-0. So today's episode, we are going to just discuss um, some interesting things from the match. And uh, yeah, so let's jump right into it. So how convincing do you think our win was? Like, were you guys intrigued by the match? Did you feel like it was close? Were you? Did you feel like we should have scored more? Like, what are your thoughts? Uh, for me, I, I think it was it was it was quite a convincing win because we were we were totally dominant uh, all through the match. We probably eighty uh, percent of the match we were dominant, and the other twenty percent of the match, um, you know, there's this thing that people say about Liverpool not playing well this season. I think it is totally wrong because if you um, notice seasons past. During January, we're usually quite tired. But if you've noticed this January, it's been different. Because in, in matches, there's a period of maybe a period of a total of 15 minutes where we are on the back foot and we're taking a breather. And you know that for any reason, if the other team scores, we still have like two or three gears to step up, you know. So really when they say Liverpool... Um, aren't playing well this season or aren't playing as well as last season, it's all tactical. It's all on purpose. It's all deliberate. You know, you need to leave some miles in the legs. You can't just keep running, keep pressing for 90 minutes. So really, it's it's a it's, it's a tactic that I think um, Jurgen Klopp is using this season to kind of, you know, step off the gas a little bit during matches and, if need be, step it up again if we're behind. Uh, if you've noticed, we've 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 won games fourteen times by one goal, and that's all on purpose. I mean, we don't have to blow teams away all the time. We can manage matches. We're managing matches in a more mature way this season by you know basically um, uh, being dominant when we need to be dominant, and then stepping stepping up the gas when we need to step up, and you know taking a breather. That's why you know we sometimes. Uh, play the longer ball to be more direct instead of trying to play through the middle. Sometimes you play the long ball to get to to their, to their side of the pitch, um, to the opponent's goal quicker, you know, and um, but it doesn't make us a long ball team. It's, it's another tactic that we're using to kind of manage games. So, yes, I think we were very, very convincing, even though we did um, kind of, you know, uh, miss a few chances, but we were quite dominant through the match. I think it was a convincing win because our team showed the um, level of quality, the difference in the class between uh, Liverpool players and Man United players. I think in almost every department, they were just they were just outplayed, uh, especially in the midfield. I think our midfield is slated a lot of times for not having world-class players, but it's a world-class midfield because – they do their job perfectly, you know. I think um, uh, Genie was the man of the match for me because 
is it was almost like every touch that he had was positive and was helping um was helping uh Henderson, you know, who's been playing defensive midfield for the past couple of months, you know, um be able to sit back. A lot of times Henderson was in the back right next to Joe Gomez and uh Virgil would go on to the left while Robbo was attacking forward. So it would be like three at the back, you know, so uh GD really allowed um allowed us to go quickly from uh, defense to attack. And um, other than the midfield, I mean, the the defense was solid again. Um, seventh clean sheet in a row. And uh, in the Premier League, which is our, our record, I think, in the, in the past 10 years, I don't think any other club has done that. So, you know, the beginning of the season, we were struggling to keep clean sheets, but now uh, it's like they're right back, right back on track. You know, I think the defense benefits from playing a lot of games together. So they played a lot of games together, that same uh, back five. So um, I'm sure they have a lot of confidence amongst each other and um, are not making too many mistakes. So um, they, they, they also dominated the defense. And then of course, the attack. I mean, we we had so many chances, so many chances that we should have scored, and um, but at the end of the day, you know, it was about it was about winning that game, and um, it was important. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, I guess what I'll add to what you and Dad said was just that, um, you know, some people will say we're not really playing any special kind of football this season but I will say I can see how we have matured since last season in the sense that it's not just about how many goals we score or it's not just about the number but it's um managing the games and making sure that we win and like playing a certain way for the more important games but still making sure that we still put our energy even in the ones that may not hold so much stake and I feel like Last season, we won how many games and we still didn't win the league. Like, we figured out how to have a balance. And I think it's even better for the players because they don't appear to be as burned out or as tired as I feel like they felt um, this time last year. So, yeah, um, Dami was mentioning uh, Jeannie and Hendo. Um, I think uh, Jeannie was my man of the match for um, yesterday's game. He was just amazing. Every time he touched the ball, it was some. Um, he was, he was just messing those guys up. Like yeah, he had like two or three nutmegs. <laughs> he had. He was just not playing with anybody, and I love that Genie has this just attitude of. It's like he knows the games that are super important, and he wants to have a pivotal impact on those games. So I feel like he just tries to make sure that he's at his best, and I think he's very underrated as a player in general. But um. Him and Hendo um, in the midfield and everything, they're just like a great uh, duo. What do you think that means? Yeah, I think they're going to even benefit from uh, having Fabinho back now that um, he he's back. He even came on for a couple minutes um, when we needed to kind of be more conservative. But I think it's going to allow those two guys to even uh, shine more because now their responsibility will not be as uh, concentrated on defending. It will be more of like pushing forward. So give uh, Fabinho the opportunity to just, you know, do his thing uh, and, you know, shut down other uh, attacks 
from his position and then allow Henderson to play forward. Um, even though Henderson was playing defensive midfield, he even had a couple of chances. He made some chances and even almost scored. So imagine, you know, if he's able to be more involved in the attack. So um, I think uh, even though people say that, you know, we don't have anybody special in midfield, I think they do their jobs really well. Yeah. What do you think, Dan? Um, I was actually one of the most critical, uh, um, one of the most critical supporters when we sold um, Coutinho a couple of years ago. But... In actual honesty, honesty now, I feel that after Alisson, Van Dijk, Jeannie Wijnaldum is actually the third person that Klopp thinks about when he's putting up a team. Because he is so instrumental in the way we play. Not only does he break up play, he actually um, makes those simple passes that get us further up the pitch or gives us space. And then even the strength that he has. So basically, I, I agree. Uh, Genie and Endo, the work rate is amazing. The way they um, go back and forth, helping the defense, um, and also being some sort of support for the, for the strikers too are amazing. Because don't forget, when our wingbacks, I call them wingbacks, they're not really wingbacks, technically, they're fullbacks. But when um, Trent and Robert go up, Genie and Hendo have to stay. They stay to support, to, to fill up the, the spaces that those two leave. leave. And, and that gives us a great deal of balance. It gives us a day of balance because what it means is that Trent and Robert are actually playing as midfielders. So when people say we don't have any balance in our team, it's absolutely ridiculous. The midfield gives us so much balance because of their work rate, the spaces they fill up when, when the two backs are bombing forward. And also when they need to kind of um, assist the three front players, they're there to do it. So the, the amount of running, I'm sure if we look at their stats of how many miles they run during a game, it'll be amazing how what, what they do. So... We cannot do with those two, without those two. And now that Fab is back, of course, we know what our best um, midfield is going to be. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, yeah, Genie and Hendo did an amazing job, but obviously we all love when Virgil scores. Hey. We, we love to see it. It's one of my favorite things to see. Um, Virgil had an amazing game. He The amount of times that, like, he single-handedly or single-bodiedly. It's like the blocks, ball has it's like his head has a magnet. Shots and just or even when he shot that goal, his head has a magnet. No, ball. like honestly, that when Trent takes the corner and Virgil is just right there. It's like it's not even a question. It's yeah, like, it's, no, like, it's like, like you already know. And <laughs> you already know what's going on. At that point, we were just like, wasn't that in like first the first like fifteen minutes? Yeah, like the first fifteen. Yeah, so I feel like that was a great opener to the match. It kind of gave us that confidence quickly because men, you were definitely pressing, and they had us on our toes. They felt comfortable. They felt like yeah, they were they, in control they, at that point. I definitely saw them play more confidently than I've even seen them play other matches, and I just feel like it's maybe because of the you know the rivalry between uh, Liverpool and Man U. It's almost bigger than 
us versus Man City or any other team. But um, yeah, Virgil really just showed us why he should have won the Ballon d'Or. <laughs> he showed us, he just continues to show us quality. And I know some people say that maybe he hasn't been as flashy or this season wasn't as great in quote as last season, but I still feel that Virgil is still, I don't see anything going down. I don't think I see any like negative change from last season to this season in terms of um, his performance. But um, yeah, what do you guys think about Virgil's performance yesterday? Well, you know, don't forget that Virgil plays every single game. And, you know, he yeah. he needs to manage himself, too. Um, and uh, I've just run out of words to use for Virgil in terms of how good he is. Um, when he, when we um, bought him uh, nearly two seasons ago for $75 million, I thought, you know, it was expensive because he was coming from Southampton. Mm-hmm. But when you actually go and look at the matches he played for Southampton, you would see that he found playing for Southampton very easy. And because he wasn't surrounded by quality players, he didn't, you know, his 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 attributes did not they didn't, didn't show. show. As well. But now that he's playing with quality players all around him, you know, you can see how easy the game is for him. As um, one of you mentioned earlier, the ball is just like a magnet to him either to his head or to his feet. And, you know, the way Virgil plays the football, when he, the way he kicks the football, he makes it look so easy. And, and he's one of our most creative players also, if yes. you notice. It's him, Trent, and Robbo. They're the ones who, they're the, they're the ones who um, dictate, you know, the plays, basically. Yeah. Um, so uh, he's an amazing player, the best defender in the world, no doubt, for me. And everybody says it, even the people who hate Liverpool, who do not like us, can't help but say that, you know, Virgil van Dijk is the best defender in the world. And there's no doubt. I mean, you can't even compare. How can you compare him to, how can you compare um, Maguire to him? Maguire cost him <laughs> And, you know, not only did he outjump him yesterday, but he's, <laughs> just not, he's just not they, they're, not, they're, they're not on the same level. They really are not on the same level. And, and of course, one of the things I feel we paid for is that Virgil van Dijk makes every player around him better yeah. in the way he directs the team, yep. in the way he plays his football. So, you know, um, look, at, look at Gomez now. Gomez looks like a world-class um, defender now, yeah. you know, because the combination of Gomez, Gomez has speed, but then van Dijk has positioning. He knows where the ball is going to fall. He knows he can read the game. He can read. He can preempt where the runs are going to be. So he's there before the, the the striker is even making the run, waiting for it. So it's amazing. I mean, there's no doubt he is the best defender in the world, and I am so so happy, so glad that we have him in our team. Yeah, we really we really uh, are lucky because we've got um, the. The two most uh, creative defenders in terms of assists, and then we have the highest scoring defender in terms of goals. So it's like, you know, a lot of people think that, well, a lot of people that get caught up in how Liverpool used to be when the front three was scoring all those goals, and they thought that, oh, uh, they thought that the fact that United's front three had scored more than Liverpool's up until yesterday. Um, 
they thought that that was impressive because that was achievement. You know that, that they scored more than Salah, Firmino, and Mane, and that just shows that Liverpool Liverpool's forwards are the standard. Everybody is comparing theirs to them, and uh, the difference is Liverpool has adapted their style and made their team more versatile, so that goals can come from more places and and they can you know um, have more people contribute to the to the team and. Uh, I was reading an article and they were talking about how much time they take on practicing set pieces. And, you know, they, they, they realize that, you know, they have great set piece takers in um, the fullbacks, especially uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold. And then, of course, Virgil is probably the best in the air in our team, you know, better than the strikers. So it's like, why not, you know, devise plans in order to exploit those um, strengths? So, um you know, the assistant coaches spend a lot of time looking at that. And then on the day before the matches, they do set piece training for the whole training session. And they'll, you know, have a plan, show them the videos. And then in training, they'll practice them. And after the game, uh, I think Jamie Carragher and Van Dyke were analyzing the goal. And Van Dyke was saying, like, yeah, we tried to get to the near post because we knew that there would be space there. And uh, they realize that if uh, Van Dyke runs from the penalty spot and gets momentum, if he gets in the air first, nobody is winning. Nobody's winning the header. Nobody wins headers with him, even on normal balls. So imagine if they're aiming for the near post and Virgil's like, okay, I'm going to get there first. Nobody can do anything. I mean, not even De Gea could win a header, header with Van Dyke. The guy dropped the ball when, when Virgil was trying to win that header. So imagine if uh, Brandon Williams, I don't even know how Williams got, <laughs> ended up next to him. He looked like a kid next to Van Dyke when he jumped. And then McGuire tried to save, to, you know, to help out at the end, but wasn't anywhere close. So um, it was just, uh, it was just a typical, like, you know, it was just, it was just like, like he just showed exactly why he's the best right there. And it was hilarious in his celebration. He was looking at the United fans. <laughs> He was smirking at them. He was just looking at them side eye. And and it was just, you know, it's just typical uh Virgil, you know. Why would you why would you zone on Mark Virgil van Dyke? I mean you you should have at least one man on him, if not two. (laughs) Because you know you when you zone on Mark, that means that he can stay away from you. He can step away from the from the from the zones and stay in a space. And you can't do that with such a you know, such a dominating um, guy in the air who can, who wins every single header in the air. So so it was a big mistake on, on, on the part of, of Magu. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, with zonal marking, but when it comes to such players, you need to stick a man right next to him. Yeah, I agree. So um, also, what do you guys think of uh, the way Man United play? Like, do you think Ole had to really prepare these guys like – I saw people on Twitter were laughing, like, do these guys even train? I don't know whether it was just them trolling them or people actually being serious, but I definitely saw that they were playing confidently and trying to press, and I guess they got maybe, like, one or two chances, but they definitely did not have as many chances as we did, and there were times where I was just like, okay, like, are you guys just not this? Are you just not good, or are we just way better. I think I think the reason 
Oli thinks he's worked out Liverpool is because um, of how successful they were in inverted commas, in quotes, uh, in the first leg uh, at uh, Old Trafford, where they basically um, played counter. They had like three defenders. They had wing backs who kind of, you know, dropped back deep. Um, so they didn't give Salah, Firmino and Mane space, even though, I'm sorry, Salah didn't play in that match, but they didn't give them space anyway. They didn't give, I think it was Origi played. And they didn't give them any space. They didn't give them time on the ball. You would notice they were really pressing. As soon as the, as soon as the game started, they were pressing. They didn't give us time on the ball. They didn't give us space. So that was a tactic to kind of hurry us into making mistakes. And then they were kind of uh, pushing up towards, um, towards our, 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 our penalty area to make sure that we made mistakes. They were trying to win second balls. They were trying to kind of um, block passing lanes and all that. But, you know, one thing that this Liverpool team does really well is that they can work out problems on the pitch without the coach telling them, do this, do that. They can work out problems on the pitch. If they see a problem, it might take them a couple of minutes, but usually you see that once, once they've worked it out, then they go through the other team really easily and it's, it becomes trouble-free. And that's exactly what happened during this match. Um, uh, Man United had a game plan, but the Liverpool team worked it out within a few minutes and basically cut through them. Yeah, they were saying, uh, I think Solskjaer, even after the game, he was talking about like Liverpool playing long balls and stuff like that, yeah. as if that, you know... That's that's the way that we beat them. We had so many chances before before mm. we even started doing that, yeah. you know, to score. It's just that Liverpool will try all the options and see whatever works best, and then you get scored on some way somehow. Yeah. We're not one not, way it's bound to work. Exactly, you know. So if they're before. like he set up his tactics, and Liverpool's like, okay, we're just gonna figure out figure you out. Mm. He, he obviously contradicted himself, you know, after his comments. In his press conference, talking about, um, I think we figured out a nice way to play against Liverpool, just because he's never he hadn't lost to them at that, until that point. But he acted as if you know, as if they deserved to get something out of the game. Like I know he takes a lot of moral victories right now because you know Man United is not in the best shape. But I just you know, it just it just seemed like he thought that he did something special when. You know, the scoreline was was flattering. The truth, the truth is, no team can work out this Liverpool team because when you feel you have a game plan, they will change their own game plan on the pitch, and yeah. there's, there's very little that you could do about it. If you notice the Club World Cup, they had never played those teams before, but they found a way of beating them. You know, the um, Brazilian side was very physical, very you know, aggressive. they were very aggressive. But they found a way of, of, of beating that team um, by a single goal. So, you know, we are watching a fantastic team. And I think we should just enjoy it. We shouldn't worry about, oh, we're not winning um, by three, four goals. We should just enjoy how amazing this team is. Yeah. Because technically, they are probably the, the best team I've ever seen um, play for Liverpool Football Club. Yes. That goes way back. That goes to the yeah to the nineties. Yes, before the nineties. That's it. Those, you, all those teams that won all those yeah. 
Before I mean, there's, I, tra- I there's trouble winning teams from Liverpool back in the day, but this this apparently this team is just different. And a lot of people realize that, that have watched football, but a lot of people in this day and age are like, this team is not special because... Uh, and, they, <laughs> and they enjoy being with each other. You know? Yeah, you can yeah, tell like, there's a camaraderie. I just feel know. like a lot of younger people, like the people we see on social media, they haven't been watching football long enough. <laughs> right. They keep on saying, you know, the best team that they ever saw was Barcelona, you know, uh, Pep's, you know, 2015. When Maybe they that's what they can Super remember, but exactly. it doesn't mean that's the best team. You know, they, the Barcelona has a certain way of playing. Man City have a certain way of playing. Mm-hmm. And you, you, there's no doubt that other teams have worked out Manchester City. Oh, yeah. They you lose. can tell by the they, results. Yeah, you can tell by they even lost five matches all the manners in which they, they lose. they like three or four. Yeah, the so, manner in which they lose and you know, drop so, points, yeah, it shows. They out. work them out. Hudson has worked them out. He yeah, every season he gets points off of them. Nuno, Nuno Santos yeah. has, fig- has figured Man exactly. City out, you know? Um, yeah, so the last thing I wanted us to highlight was obviously the 92nd minute goal. 93rd, I think. 93rd? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Whatever. The last minute goal by our Egyptian king. Honestly, I'm just happy he even scored because at that point I was like, bruh. <laughs> because my and Salah kept on missing chances. And I was like, is there like some kind of energy that's not allowing this ball to go oh, inside? But the you, know, you know, you know, I mean, I know, like, I know how it's. He doesn't score the he easy doesn't. ones. He doesn't score the we easy knew. ones. We knew. We said it even during the game. He'll let us be having high blood pressure <laughs> before he scores. We said, but he's going to score the crazy goal. Yeah, we were <laughs> saying it. But um, that goal was just... Uh, I've, I've watched that video about like five times today already. Like, Allison is and just Allison so ran aware. All the way. And he's just a brilliant He's just a brilliant guy. Yeah. Like, it's just, he's just smart. He just shows his class above all these other goalkeepers. Like, he makes his job look easy. They think he's not that good because he doesn't make acrobatic saves. It's not about making saves. It's about thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. He's always in the spot where the ball is going to be. And he's already thinking about how to get the ball to the other side of the, to the other side other of the side pitch. Of the so nobody's on his level. They're not even, the defenders can't even think as quickly as him. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, I saw a video of um, that. The, uh, I think United had a corner and then, uh, it got to Juan Bissaka and he just, it was a bad shot. And then Mata tried to, you know, they, it was offside when Mata tried to play the ball. And it showed that Salah was on the edge of the 18-yard box, right where Juan Bissaka was, like when he took that shot. And Salah started, already started moving in the other direction before Juan Bissaka even shot the ball. So then as Allison just grabbed it, Salah was already by the circle and he just let the ball go, kicked it, was gone. Mm-hmm. And 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 literally, I even have to give props to Daniel James for even sprinting all the way. Like that kid just he just runs. He can just run, run uh, until he can't run anymore. That was the 94th minute. Mm-hmm. And he's sprinting just to try and prevent another goal. Like, you know, at that point, Van Dyke was even telling them to to chill, to be like, hold the ball. There's only one minute left. Mm-hmm. Allison was like, nah, that's not, <laughs> we're going to score another one. Yeah. So, you know, it just showed how happy Allison was, the way he celebrated. <laughs> he saw the whole thing happen. He was just so, he was just hope, so happy by it. And, you know, Mo, Mo is, is uh, he can be polarizing. I know he's, he can be frustrating, but he's a big game player at the end of the day. And he does it in those moments where, you know, it matters. Apparently, that's the first goal he scored, he's ever scored against Manchester United. 
Manchester United is supposed to be his bogey team, but he, he finally fixed that uh, yesterday. And um, one thing about Mohamed Salah is that um, he knows how to finish off teams. And you'll notice that out of the front three, he's the one that gets subbed off the least. So usually Jurgen leaves him on the pitch because he knows that one-on-one um, he will out-sprint anybody and he, he knows really knows how to finish off the team. So, yeah, it's, um, I'm, I'm re- I was really happy that he scored the goal. Of course, he missed much easier ones during the match. One easier one, much easier one during the match. But, you know, as you guys said, he, he doesn't score the easy ones. He always finds, he always scores the harder ones. But um, he's a great asset to the team. And uh, it's just in typical Mo Salah fashion, he finished off, yeah. finished off the match for Liverpool. Yeah, so we are playing Wolves next away um, on Thursday. On Thursday. So, yeah, thank you guys for joining us today. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to like, comment, and come back next week for our next episode. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now you're going to believe us.